Excited for a road trip? Start it off right with auto coverage from American Family Insurance. J.D. Power ranked us number one in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance shopping experience among mid-size insurers. Get a quote at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. For J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's hard to believe that after today, there are only three days left in the year of 2021. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I want to welcome you to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman, the 28th day of December in the year of 2021. As I said, after today, just three days left. 29th, 30th, and 31st, New Year's Eve, this Friday. Hard to believe that Saturday we usher in the year of 2022. Now, before I get to some of the news stories and things that I've been collecting to kind of share with you, some some of you may have missed because depending where you get your media or what your outlets are, there are a lot of stories out there that you don't normally get a chance to hear about. Sometimes I think a lot of places don't want you to hear the entire story. They want you to hear just the established narrative. I was thinking the other day when I was in college, and that seems like a million years ago now, when I was learning about journalism in college and learning about basically public information, public relations, communications, there was a different feel way back in the early 1970s about how we approached the media. And one of the first things we learned was, you know, when you do a news story, when you're trying to learn to be a newscaster, your opinion is not what they care about. They care about the facts of the story. You can remember, if you ever watched the TV show or ever heard the old radio program Dragnet, basically, Sergeant Joe Friday... Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Somehow we've gone away from that in time where now we we take a news story and choose the facts that we want you to hear or they want you to hear and suppress the ones they don't want you to know about. That's called propaganda. The Chinese worker daily newspaper or Pravda back in the day of the Soviet Union. Pravda, believe it or not, meaning truth, which was an oxymoron. They gave you all the news that you were supposed to to believe. The established narrative. And we've talked about this many times that if you if you can manipulate the media and the conversation and everything that is seen by the eyes, heard by the ears and communicated to a large number of people to become a believable story, you get this mass formation. Mass formation being like a hypnotic state almost, where you believe what you've been told and you never question the narrative. We're going to talk about that today. And like I say, I've got a number of stories you may have missed, probably didn't hear, and a few things that I think you need to really start considering 
as we look at this year of 2022. I can't believe two years ago, 2019, my wife and I were at our little place up in Sky Valley, Georgia, decided to enjoy a, shall we say, colder Christmas than Florida. And we we needed this time to ourselves, never realizing we were thinking that 2020 was going to be a year where I was going to be planning a church and, and some other things involved with ministry with the church denomination that I belong to, and everything was changed radically, and I'll mention that in a couple of minutes. By the way, before I forget, the world may think Christmas is totally over and done with. I mean, they got to sell all the Christmas stuff at half price, because Christmas was done as soon as, at the stores, as soon as they closed the doors on Christmas Eve, and they want to get back to other things. Well, here at Truth to Ponder, we believe in the 12 days of Christmas that start on Christmas Day, traditionally, and end on January the 6th, which is called the Day of Epiphany. So today is the fourth day of Christmas. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds, three friends, and two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Like I say, the world may think that Christmas is over and done with for the year, but really, in the traditions that have gone back centuries, Christmas started on Christmas Day. We, we forgot the meaning of the word Advent. There was a time that Christians spent those weeks prior to Christmas not decorating, not doing all the festivity things that many of us do, but they had a solemn heart remembering why Jesus had to come to this earth. And their celebration began literally at nighttime on Christmas Eve. And that celebration went all the way through until the 6th of January, the 12 days of Christmas. Today, we start our our Christmas celebration based upon what Walmart or, or the retail giants want us to do. They want us to start thinking about Christmas right about um, Halloween time, literally. Nowadays, I, I'll go to a store and like really on the day of Halloween or the day before, and you've got the Christmas stuff out. The new trees, the lights, the blow-up inflatable things to go on your front yard. And and I, I think back in my childhood, how different it was. We, we didn't push all this Christmas stuff into, into November much. But now we're pushing it into October. And before long, it's going to be a back-to-school Christmas decoration sale at your local Wally World or Lowe's, or Home Depot, or any of the big box stores. And then this whole idea of your Cyber Monday spending money online. A lot of things to, to consider with all that. When I, was, when I was younger, how many of you remember how Christmas kind of came about in our childhood? We didn't even look much at any kind of a Christmas catalog until right at Thanksgiving. In, in fact... When I went to school in the fall, it was all about fall. Now, I lived in, in, in New York State. I lived in Long Island as a youngster and then upstate New York near Rochester uh, for my high school years. But Christmas, the decorations, none of it appeared until really after Thanksgiving. 
maybe the Sunday after Thanksgiving, which is the first Sunday in Advent, some of the people would begin to put out their their Christmas lights, their Christmas displays. Um, People didn't even put up their Christmas trees that early. Nowadays, you see the week before Thanksgiving, the tents here in Florida go up, you know, buy your Christmas tree that we've cut down for you. And that thing ought to be nice and brown with all the uh, needles on the ground by by Christmas Day and a fire hazard if you try to keep it until the 12th day of Christmas. People are hauling them out, you know, Christmas night, the day after. By today, you know, the 28th, most people that had a Christmas tree have taken them down, put them back up in the attic, whatever they do, or out by the road if they're real, or hide them in the woods. We used to we used to take times of the year and celebrations as these mile you know milestones of our life and and we walk through them every year. Now, many Christians have lost this tradition of what's called the church calendar. I know a lot of people would say, well, what's that? It starts, a new church year always starts on the first Sunday in Advent, which would be in the United States pretty much the Sunday right after Thanksgiving. In the olden times of years gone by when I was a kid, 55, 60 years ago, Thanksgiving Day was the parade you could see on television. I remember that, the Macy's Parade, and then, you know, the Santa Claus shows up, and and that's kind of the official beginning of Christmas season. And then uh, after Thanksgiving, people began their Christmas shopping. And, and over the years, it developed the name Black Friday. Now, that comes from what's called a balance sheet. When you use red ink, that means you're losing money. Black ink means you're making money. And many large retail outfits only made their profit for the entire year between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so they always believe that if things work correctly the day after Christmas, you know, when you think about Macy's, for example, they would, the day before Thanksgiving, that Wednesday, they would close early and some staff stayed behind And they then covered the windows up where you couldn't see anything in their display windows. And people worked late into the night to set up all the Christmas displays in the Macy's windows so you could see it from the street. But they were covered up. And then, of course, the parade the next day. And then early on Friday morning when the stores opened, they took down all that paper that covered the windows from the inside and you saw all the Christmas magic and all the stuff for sale. And we began, quote, the Christmas season. Many of us, like the family I was raised in, we kind of held on to those traditions to a very large degree. We, we didn't put the tree up immediately. It, it waited a long time before it went up. Around our house about a week before Christmas at the earliest when the tree went up and it came down sometime between the first of the year and January 6th, depending upon, you know, factors of time, weather, everything else. And then we moved on into the, into the new year. Today, like I say, we, we, we start pushing Christmas because of the money aspect for the retailers. Like I said, they wanted to get into the black 
during the month of December. So right there at the end of November, they would have the big kickoff sales on this on the Friday after Thanksgiving in the United States. And it became known as Black Friday because we went from red ink to black ink. We're finally making a profit after an entire year. And some of the large retailers, that's the way it was. They were able to pay their basic bills but not make a profit until the end of the year. And they made a big profit back years ago. Then came Cyber Monday, Cyber This, and everything. And we've just, we've turned Christmas into a spending orgy for many. But with the economy of the last two years, I'm surprised people are really digging as deep as they are to spend as much as they have. A lot of people have uncertainty going into the year of 2022, and I don't blame them. People in some states, you know, you're going to, if you work for a company that has more than so many people, you have the Biden administration demanding you get a, an experimental vaccine that if it kills you, injures you, or hurts you, you can't sue anybody. Do you understand that? And, well, Bob, what about the Pfizer? Isn't that FDA approved? No. There is one approved, but you can't get it. They're still giving out the emergency use only vaccine. You're not going to get uh, Comirnaty or whatever it's pronounced. You're not going to get it. You're going to get the experimental use. So if you have heart damage, if you have health issues, if your immune system is compromised, you have nobody to sue because you signed your rights away when you took the shot. Or if you have a young child and you got these, you got these ghouls. I call them ghouls. I mean, these people are sick. These people are antichrist. They're sick. They want to inject this experimental garbage into little children between 5 and 11. And some want it down to six months. A six-month-old baby needs to be injected with a messenger RMA that could foul up their immune system for the rest of their life. And they keep claiming we need to take this stuff. We need to take this stuff to save lives. You know, we got to stop the spread. You know, if we all get the vaccine, we can stop the spread. We've been indoctrinated for two years to fear this virus in ways that I started realizing early on. Look, I came out of retirement. I've mentioned this before because I had worked in emergency management, primarily in information you know, distribution. But I also learned a lot about planning. And so I was asked to come back to work for a, for a man that I'd worked for a number of years ago when COVID-19 became the thing. We heard so much about it in February of, 20, of 2020. And I was asked to come out of retirement to help this large county how are they going to deal with this? Because, you know, once again, remember, you got to go back to those first words two years ago in December of 2019. There's something in China. And then it got louder and louder in January. And by February, you had the Imperial College with all their their dumb predictions that were way off base. But, you know, the world and the WHO, the United Nations, the United States, and everybody just bought into this nonsense from the Imperial College. And every bit of planning that all of us were doing in March of 2020 was based on what ended up being bogus, phony, garbage, trash information. From an idiot scientist that claimed he had written a, a wonderful computer program to model this stuff. 
turned out to be a bunch of gibberish code. Actual computer experts looked at the code when they got their hands on it and said, this this is nonsense. This is garbage. Whatever You can put the same numbers in 10 times and always get different results. It was just nonsensical code. And, and that's the code that said that we're going to have 3 million people die in the United States by before the summer. COVID was going to run rampant. It's going to fill up the hospitals and kill, and kill 3 million people. And as I've said before, the county where I serve, we were told to expect 3,000 people dead before the 4th of July or sometime in June. You know, in essence, the summer, the warm weather, 3,000 dead. And so we planned accordingly because this is what we were told until. And then we started hearing in April, maybe the numbers are not quite as bad. But we're still locking down. We still have the two weeks to flatten the curve that became three, four, six, 22 years, whatever. We still started doing all this to make everybody, you know, content in, in this effort that we're, we're, we're saving lives, saving lives. And I started realizing in April, I remember it was actually April the 12th, which was a Sunday, which was Easter, and I'm still in this other state, and I was still producing your weekend show, which was my once-a-week program before I started Truth to Ponder. And I can remember thinking as I'm putting together that radio program, part of it was also a little video that I put out to some of my friends from the hotel and I was I was staying I went out to the little garden I sat there and I just shared from my heart never really done television before so I'm not that good at it but I I just wanted people to know that I had this sudden feeling that things are not as bad as they're claiming and and I think we're being fed something that's not correct and I'm beginning to see numbers that don't add up I'm beginning to see a narrative that is kind of contrived I'm beginning to see a control of information. I'm beginning to see some things that don't feel right. And I no longer could be a part of it. I felt something was wrong and I needed to find out more. And so over the next couple of weeks, while I was still there in this other state, I began to do a little bit of research. I had access to a lot of data and material because of my work. I could log into places you can't. And I would make some notes and I would look at it and I, I started increasingly saying, something's not right. These numbers don't add up. We're supposed to have 3,000 people die in this county sometime in the next, oh, I don't know, six, seven weeks. And we should have seen this rise, not just in cases, but in hospitalizations and people dying. And so here we are. In the month, beginning of the month of May, I said, that's enough. I'm done. Because, see, we didn't have 500 or 600 or 800 people in body bags as we anticipated. And all those refrigerated trucks that I hit around the county, all those refrigerated trucks with their generators and somebody guarding them at night, all those rooms set up in a large college to become hospital rooms. That we spent, you don't want to, <laughs> lots of money in the millions. We were ready for this onslaught at the hospital. We were ready for this onslaught of people just 
dying like they were in that stupid video out of Wuhan, walking down the street, collapsing, dying, and the guys in the hazmat suits dragging the body away. We were that prepared. And I realized when May came, and the numbers are not adding up, we see cases, but we're not seeing, it's not going to be 10% of these people dying. It's not even going to be 1%. And so as time went on, I began to realize we've been lied to. Or somebody wants us to believe something that is that is totally bogus and false and, and, and fake. And so I resigned. And when I resigned, instead of the hundreds approaching a thousand dead people we were supposed to have, allegedly, and I use that word cautiously, 30 people had died of COVID in a county of 300 and some odd thousand people, and none of them under the age of 80 or 78, I think. It was just something's not right with these numbers. The case numbers weren't there. The hospital was laying off staff. They would give their daily report. I'd be in the emergency operations center early in the morning, and there we have these big screen TVs, and we're having the reports from EMS, reports from the fire department, reports from the health department, and then the big hospital system. How many COVID patients do you have? Five, eight, maybe two. It's it just like, wait, but something's not right here. It's supposed to be like, we're supposed to have like a thousand hospital hospitalized people right now. We should be using the overflow. Instead, they laid off two thirds of their staff, closed down entire floors because, see, nobody could do other surgeries because we're corona focused, we're corona crazed. Where Corona, all we can think of is the virus, the virus. And even the television used to annoy me. Try try to watch a news channel back in 2020, well, in the last couple of years. And, and this one commercial used to want me to, I wanted to throw something at the screen. You know, when Broadway Joe Namath would be on TV hawking some some website and phone number, you know, to call to get your benefits, you know, for your Medicare. And we were all uncertain because of the virus. If I heard that lady go, with all this uncertainty because of the virus, if I heard that one more time, or, or, or Broadway Joe, so call the number now and check your zip code. You might get, you know, so many thousands of dollars back on your Social Security. Well, that only applies to, I think, two zip codes in the entire United States. I get tired of these ruses and and all that goes with it. And I realize that we have been lied to exponentially, lied to exponentially about everything. And I realized it in 2020. And I agreed to stick around nearby. I went to our home in Georgia. It's, you know, it's better than a few day trip. I could get there quicker. And I stayed for about eight, nine days, and I and I and I, the numbers were not changing. So I did, went on down to Florida, got my wife, and then we decided once again we don't know what's going to happen. We decided to kind of isolate ourselves in the mountains. And it was during that summer that God just reached out to my heart and said, "You need to share your experience. You need to dig into the truth, but you need to give people hope." And that's how this program, Truth to Ponder, was born out of this pandemic. I never intended 
at this point in my life to be, be doing a daily radio program. It just was not what I was going to be doing. I didn't have any desire to. I didn't have any need to. I didn't want to. I had enough on my plate ministry-wise. At that point, I didn't even want to get back into doing radio engineering. I wanted to leave it. I was, I was let me put it this way. Two years ago, like this week, this time of the year, right after Christmas, looking at the new year ahead, I had decided that I'm done with all radio engineering work. I'm done. I was going to get rid of my tools if I needed to. I mean, I didn't want to do it anymore because my heart was determined to focus on serving God. I'm an ordained clergyman. I wanted to get back in these years. I, I was at that time, I was, you know, basically 65 going on, you know, I was 65 years old and I, I wanted to use what years God would give me to plant churches, to help other churches grow. This was what was really on my heart and mind in two years ago in 2019. This is before churches were locked down, shut down, you know, just put in bad shape. The Zoom church, the church of Facebook, whatever. I really felt this urgency that time was short. And even then, if you looked at the world around us where we were morally, spiritually, and otherwise, we're coming close to that end time. So the urgency was there. And I was debating whether to keep the the weekend show going or convert it to a little tiny devotional that I could record a few of them a week and and operate Ancient Word Radio. And I had some ideas for some other like-minded ministries where you'd have some sacred music, some some old music of the church, what I call Christian Christ-centered favorites, and maybe a teaching and talk channel. I still want to do those things. And then spend time working with people that have asked where they want to plant a church and, and help them get a church started, build websites, all the things that need to be done in church planting to assess if this is where the Holy Spirit is wanting us to build. You know, sometimes we have this idea, I want to build a church in this neighborhood. I used to argue with that all the time. Well, I think we should build in that neighborhood because there's plenty of money there. Well, that's not the reason you build a church in a neighborhood. When Jesus sent out his disciples, and I want you to remember this, before he called his 12, per se, you know, his 12 that stayed with him, he had many other followers, and he sent them out two by two to all these communities around the area. And wherever the peace of God landed in those places, you stay and you lodge with those people and you share the good news. Wherever that Wherever that peace was not, wherever that was rejected, you kick off the dust off your shoes and you move on. I wanted to help find those places where that peace from God was already residing. Where the harvest was white and ready and to plant a church or two or three in regions around the country. I've got people that would like to start some in Tennessee and others in Florida and places that I can get to being in the Southeast. I really can't. Well, I do know people that can help in other parts of the country, but, you know, the things that I could do at my age and with the travel that I can do to help start 
and plant churches. That's how I felt two years ago. Two years ago this week. And how things changed. We we had celebrated Christmas, came down to Florida, and I can remember working with a little mission church that's there that, that still needs a lot of help and, and looking at the region and seeing what else could be done. And then we heard about COVID. And how our lives changed so incredibly and rapidly in less than 90 days. I mean, literally, less than 90 days. I've got a lot more on the other side. I didn't plan it. I've got a couple. I've got three stories you need to hear. And I'm going to get to them on the other side of this break. Just want to remind you that we're almost at the end of the month. And we do have some radio bills coming in that need to be paid in early January for all the January airtime. And if you can help us financially, I'd really appreciate it. Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. And we are in Crestview. That's where we can have your mail sent to you. Crestview, Florida. 32536, that's Crestview, Florida, 32536. And like I say, I've got some really, got some very important stories that I want to share with you on the other side of the break. By the way, there's still time. I'm trying to just accumulate all this information as fast as I can on how people are listening. Now, we've added a shortwave frequency. I know it's really late at night on the East Coast, but it's about 11 o'clock at night on the West Coast on a frequency 9455. It's like it's like 2 o'clock in the morning Eastern time, but this signal is actually heading west. We're also on 5950, four nights a week on WRMI and some other frequencies. You can find them all at the website, which is truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. Now, like I say, when I get back on the other side, I want to share some really important news stories. And, oh, if you want to let me know how you listen, and I'm not harvesting email addresses, just so you know. Let me know how you listen. If you can send an email, bob at truth, the number two, the word ponder.com. That's bob at truth, two, ponder.com. I'm not going to be harvesting email addresses. This is between you and me. I, and I just keep a note of where people listen. It's going to be a great help as we move forward. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Something Dick Clark never told you. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, and get your pen ready so you receive a special free gift in a moment. Now, on New Year's Eve all across the world, people party, some watch a ball drop, some make all sorts of wild noise, some dance, some get drunk. All my life I watched people celebrate New Year's and never realized they were also celebrating a Jewish holy day. When a Jewish boy is eight days old, there's a ceremony called the bris or the brit, which means the covenant. He's ushered into the covenant that God made with Abraham, the covenant of promise and the covenant to bless all the peoples of the earth through Abraham's seed. It's called circumcision. The child's foreskin is removed and his parents celebrate. Now, we don't know what exact day Messiah was born, but December 25th is the generally accepted date of the celebration. Now, eight days after Messiah was born in Bethlehem, he, as a Jewish male child, was circumcised. 
count eight days past December 25th. And what do you get? You get January 1st, New Year's Day. In fact, on the Gregorian calendar, January 1st, New Year's Day is a sacred celebration, a holy day, the celebration of Messiah's circumcision. So when the bands play and the balls drop and the people shout and the fireworks go off and people celebrate across the world on New Year's, they're actually celebrating a Jewish holy day, the circumcision, the circumcision of Messiah. Jesus, Yeshua is so awesome that even his circumcision is celebrated throughout the world in every nation. They don't realize what they're doing, but now you do. Even New Year's is a Jewish holiday, bearing witness that the promise God made to Abraham that in his seed all nations would be blessed is fulfilled. So when everybody shouts, Happy New Year, you can rejoice in God's faithfulness and the blessings of salvation. And don't forget to wish your friends Happy Circumcision Day. Want more? Ask for the Dance of the Heavenly Circles. Now, what if you could receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God? A six-month supply for free. You can. Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins for victorious walk with God. And updates on Israel and prophecy and the incredible The Mystery of the Temple Doors. You'll love it. All free. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. It's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you'll be blessed. But call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. One. Now you can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through shortwave radio from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, at Box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Yeshua Tenu, our salvation. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And once again, welcome back to part two of our Tuesday get-together this 28th day of December in the year of our Lord, 2021. After today, as I mentioned, only three days left, and you have to wonder, what will 2022 bring? I know for many in the United States in particular, the attitude is, hey, it's going to be an election year. We're going to fix it. We're going to take care of all these problems. We're going to, we will get it fixed. We've only got 11 months to go to the election. And then that it's all going to be good and grand as we enter the new year of 2023. And by 2024, another election ought to really fix it. To which I say, baloney. Baloney in spades. And let me explain why I say that. I started voting in 1972. We've been trying to fix it since then. Is it fixed? 50 years later, is it going to be fixed? (laughs) I don't think so. We have watched things happen. We've watched... uh, Look, we have inflation right now like like I haven't seen it since the good old 70s. It's back with a vengeance. People don't seem to understand that all this government spending means government borrowing, which means putting new money into circulation. I read a story the other day, and I'm I'm just going to quickly give you and and just what I call the Reader's Digest summary. For the last two years, we have been pumping new currency money, digital or otherwise, or credit into the economy. 
Now, we did it briefly in the beginning of 2020 during the pandemic. You know, for the two weeks to flatten the curve, we're going to send out money so people don't, you know, lose their homes, their apartments, or their cars. You know, a little money to tide you over. Well, that was designed for the two weeks to flatten the curve, not the two years to have us go bankrupt with the build back bankrupt policy or broke that we're they're trying that that thankfully is on hold right now. But see, a lot of money has been spent. What people don't realize is that at the end of 2020, there was 20 percent more fiat phony currency in, in circulation either as credit or money or whatever you want to call it, you know, a click of a, a computer mouse creating money out of thin air. I remember when the dollar bill was backed by the good, it was backed by, you know, gold. Now it's backed by the good faith and credit of the United States. Well, I don't think we have much credit left. We're debtors and good faith. Mm, I doubt we have that much left anymore either. In other words, what it is, this dollar bill represents how much we've mortgaged our population to the rest of the world that buys our bonds and everything else. We are, what is it, a hundred and it's an it's an outrageous amount of debt that every human being faces in this country. Worse than student debt. That's how much debt we've been put into over the years. And they and they want to add more and more and more. And all it does is it drives the value of the existing money lower. Now, when I started out in my career in radio 50 years ago, in a small little radio station in upstate New York, it wasn't some huge paycheck. But... It was above minimum wage. And that $2 an hour, yeah, $2 an hour that I got was above most got $1.65 working in places. I got 2 bucks an hour. And I was working at that point in high school for 30 hours a week. I made $60. You laugh at that today, but gas was 25 cents a gallon. So if we... $60 a week would be more like 600 a week in today's money. I mean, that's how much things have gone downhill. We have debased our currency starting when we went off the gold standard in 1973. It's been downhill ever since. We keep throwing more money in that we borrow, and the rest of the money lays flat. I remember a house that I bought in 1975. Newlywed. How are we going to afford an $18,000 house? Oh, my Lord. The mortgage payment is going to be over 100 and some odd dollars. We're going to go broke. That house now is worth, what, 185000 Ten times as much. It's still the same little house. And this goes on and on. Look at the, the price of cars, the price of food, the price of everything. And because of last year's borrowing and this year's borrowing... Food prices are spiking. We're buying things on the foreign markets, which are, they look at our lousy dollar. They don't want them or they'll need more of them just to cover things. So gas prices up, what, 50% or something like that. Food prices up more than they're admitting. Housing prices, 
People are buying assets to hold against this deflating currency. Gold and silver, I haven't figured out why they're holding steady. I'm going to do some research and bring a guest on. I need to get to the bottom of that. So we're kind of in this weird economic time. People don't want to work. We have these vaccine mandates in many places. So truckers don't want to be forced to take a vaccine they don't need. And that's something else. Why do we have this insane, the vaccine can fix it when you can look at it, it's simple, you can look at the numbers. The vaccines are a dismal failure. They're a dismal failure. At best, and only for a short amount of time, at best, and only, let me say it again, at best, and only for a short amount of time, they might reduce your symptoms, and they may, in some people, keep the symptoms from being so bad that you might die, at best. Now, Last year, when these vaccines were already just beginning to roll out a few days before, you know, like it's literally one year ago plus a week that the first shots were given in December of 2021. I mean, 2020. And like get your Moderna shot or your Pfizer come back sometime in, you know, late January, get your second shot. You're done. You'll be bulletproof from covid And we'll get back to a normal and happy life and it'll be happy days are here again. You know, we'll we'll just be taking off our face mask and dancing in the streets. That was the promise. But as time went on, that promise began to evaporate. On this radio program, I had guests on. I've got one guest. I need to bring him back on. But our schedules have been so different it's hard for us to coordinate these days because of his work and his ministry and his family obligations and especially with mine right now it's just like when he has time i'm somewhere else but we'll get it together but he and i dr timothy gales and i would talk about where do you think all this is really heading where do you think it's really heading over time and the one thing that became very apparent to both of us was There's something about these treatments, experimental. We've never done this on the human body before, you know, on such a scale, mRNA technology. And and I remember Dr. Gale saying, I, I guess we were talking maybe in March. He said, you watch. He said, they're going to require this in order to be able to function in society. And we we actually talked about vaccine passports on this radio program. Yeah, we talked about vaccine passports on this radio program all the way back in like March, February, March of this of this year. And I can remember getting an email from somebody at that time who happened to catch us on shortwave and said, there you are, you tinfoil hat idiots. It'll never come down to that. I mean, and at that point, you know, President Biden had said he would never have a mandate for a vaccine. That's just not what we do in America. That's not an American thing to do. Yet over time, it became the pressure was put on. The false narratives, the lies about this stuff were given over and over and over again. 
and people swallowed. Look, I'm going to tell you, there were times earlier this year, as we went into the summer, I, I would realize the things we've talked about on this radio program, the research I've done, the people I've listened to, the videos I've seen, the books that I've read, the websites that I've gone and looked at in depth, news stories, analysis, And everything was convincing me that something is wrong with this, but the propaganda level was so intense, so absolutely intense, that I would even question my own conclusions, which is not something I normally fall prey to. If I've done the due diligence, I'm pretty much convinced. You better have something more than emotion. Take it and live. Take it and take off your mask. Take it and you'll be fine. But I'll tell you when it all changed, what what really reinforced it back to me, that I was on the right path. I've had a number of people that I know over the past almost two years that have had COVID or supposedly had COVID or tested positive and some had fever, some were sick, some weren't as sick as others. But in all of the people that I know, 100% 100% in my, in my circle of family and friends that I know personally, and there's a lot of them, had a couple of close calls, 100% of the time due to mistreating, you know, the idea is, oh, come back when your lips are blue, and then we'll put you on a ventilator or two, instead of treating you. In other words, all the treatments that we're beginning to see around the world working You know, you have the CDC saying, no, 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 you can't do that. FDA, no, 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 you can't do that. You must take the vaccine or die. That's that's your choice. I knew there was something sinister at that point. Had a close friend, a little younger than I am. About five years ago, six years ago, it had some, some heart problems. And they did some, you know, they did the normal stuff that you do for a heart attack and And, you know, he had gotten virtually most of his heart back, and he was in great health, uh, perfect weight, height, build, strength, exercise. He and his wife were able to travel the country. They had worked all their lives, and they had this motor home. And they they had just traveled to Tennessee last year. I mean, they were just having a wonderful time in, in 2020 in spite of the pandemic. They were going to build a big house in Tennessee to retire to. That's where they wanted to be, on a nice big piece of dirt up there out in the, in the country. And, and earlier this year, you know, he and I were talking on the phone. Very good friend. And he was just so happy. He said, well, I just saw my cardiologist and my cardiologist. Normally, I see him about every six months. He said, I'll wait till next year. He said, you're doing great. They did the entire everything on him that you can possibly do. Checking for blockage, damage, everything. Everything. And he knew where I stood on taking the vaccine. At that point, I decided I'm going to either wait or not take it at all. Because there were too many things coming out that were disturbing. And I couldn't in good conscience do it. Well, about a month, not quite a month later, he calls me up and says, well, Bob, I did it. I said, what did you do? So I just got my second Moderna shot. I said, you got your what? Yeah, I just took my second Moderna shot. I said, why? Well, you know, my cardiologist, you know, he didn't push it, but my wife is so concerned because of the heart that if I came down with COVID, it may be a problem. Now, that was about maybe 
Yeah, a week and a half before Easter when he and I had that conversation. He died the day after Easter. Heart inflammation. And I realized then that for some people, they should not be taking this. But it, And there's something just evilly, inherently evil about this. You know, for the last two years, you had Tony Fauci. I don't even call him a doctor anymore. He's a fraudulent doctor. You know, he, he's Dr. Mengele, you know, playing around with viruses to kill people. The man is the man is wicked. He's got a he's got a heart of evil. No Thanksgiving for you. No Christmas for you. No, don't get together. And and if you're not vaccinated, don't even come and visit me. I don't want to be around the unvaxxed. Yeah. Unclean. I said it back in June of last year this year. I said the day's gonna come that all us unvaccinated people have to walk down the streets with our hands in the air screaming unvaxxed, unvaxxed, unclean, unclean, like like a leper. So mass mandates, social distancing, business shutdowns, online working, all this soft indoctrination for two years got us used to living our life with a little bit less freedom. And see, my fear is this all brings in what is called the Great Reset. Now, the world is celebrated, well, at least the not all the world, you know, a lot of people celebrated having Santa Claus come to their home. But we have uh, we have Klaus, you know, we have we have Claus himself or Klaus Schwab. World, you know, he's he's the guy at the World Economic Forum who said back in 2020, as this as this pandemic was growing, he said we can use this pandemic to to usher in the fourth industrial revolution. We need a great economic reset to make the world a more fair place. It's really a wealth redistribution scheme that takes your money and gives it to the technocratic elite. Now, if you don't think they're technocratic elite right now, I want you to pause on this one. Look at how much power in the conversations we're allowed to have on social media from the tech tyrants. Let's go back three years ago. How often did Facebook or Twitter silence something you said four years ago? Not very often. Had to be pretty egregious. But then starting in 2020, more and more, they would censor the things you have to say. And now we find if you talk about what the things I'm saying today, that the vaccines do not work in their failures. Well, that's considered misinformation. The Biden administration wants to shut me down. They want me to they want me silenced. I can't make that post on a Twitter. I don't use Twitter for this radio program. I cannot make it on Facebook. So I just make it on the radio program. I don't even bother anymore. I don't. I don't, I don't even try uh, to use any of that media. I just say it on the radio program. It is what it is. The vaccines are a failure. They never have stopped COVID in places where we already knew in the summertime there was something really wrong with this in Israel. You're getting most, everybody's vaccinated, but they're still getting sick. Statistically, now there's, there are those that will fight this and they'll try to show me this stat or that stat, but boy, they you break it all down and you get some of these, you, you chart the things that are coming out. Those that are vaccinated, 
as a group, not not in total raw numbers, I'm just saying as a group, are more likely to come down with the new Omicron variant than the unvaccinated, which makes no sense, but it's not working. Those vaccines that should have lasted a lifetime lasted four months or three months. You've got Europe talking about the fourth and fifth booster shots into next year. And then he got Klaus Schwab, who looks like an evil villain from some grade B horror, you know, sci-fi uh, movie or James Bond type thing, or, or even worse, Klaus Schwab, the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. The Great Reset, he said in June 2020, includes stripping people of their privately owned assets. You need to rent everything and own nothing. We will give you a paycheck cradle to grave as long as you do what we say. Schwab and his globalists are either using COVID-19 to bypass any, any government or democratic accountability to override opposition, almost like the Nazis tried to overrun Europe, to push their agenda and force it on all of us. And then we've got we've got a reprobate and in the White House with dementia and the gal that's one heartbeat away is got more of a satanic heart than he does leading us. And they're using this pandemic to gain control over you and your life. If you don't see it, it there's this great reset. All this money being spent in the United States and elsewhere is being sold to make life fair and equitable for all. And all of us make, must make some sacrifices. The problem is that what's really happening is the value of your money is going down. And to keep your job requirements to take an experimental, dangerous look. I don't care what anybody says. The evidence is is beginning to come out. Now, there's some people out there that have made some claims that I thought were outrageous when they made them regarding, you know, COVID and all this stuff. And I knew they were, you know, full of hot air. There's one guy that was doing videos back in the summer. It'll be a really terrible time when everybody dies. You know, we're going to lose half our population by Christmas. Well, it didn't happen. And I, I didn't think it would. But what everybody that I talked to in medicine, friends that, you know, I, they couldn't be on the radio for obvious reasons, but they shared some thoughts. By the way, there's not like 20 mutations of the virus, probably been millions, but 20 that they decided to talk about. And, and every virus over time, the good news is they begin to wind down their ability to kill, though they become more contagious. And we may be pushing faster herd immunity because of this variant. Think about that for a second. But people like Klaus Schwab, they've had their greedy little eyeballs like, you know, they 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 look like Dr. Evil. And their plans for mankind is to is to put them under total subjection to them and their billionaire ilk. Facebook, all those places, they want to tell you how to live your life. Now Facebook is pushing their new name Meta. Meta. It's going to be a virtual reality universe. They've been getting us ready for this by all the lockdowns, all the social distancing. Don't get together with your family and friends. We'll do it virtually. 
And I saw, like I say, the creepiest video in the world is Mark Zuckerberg, you know, head of Facebook, or fascist book as I like to call it, putting on his goggles and his little helmet, and he sinks into his virtual world first thing in the morning. And instead of leaving your house to go to work, hey, you're in the virtual world. And, and there, there you can say good morning to all your coworkers because you're seeing them like you're in the same room with them in this virtual world. It's all fake. Yet you're believing it. This fusion of technology with your humanistic, your, your human body. That's why I think video games can be dangerous. We begin to fuse ourselves into such a way that is just unnatural to a machine. And this is the goal. This is the absolute unmistakable goal to move us into a virtual world, watch our immune systems be damaged. Yeah, nothing like being locked up outside of the sunshine. You must stay... Look, Australia is coming... You know, they're, they're going to be heading toward their spring. They're going to be heading toward their fall, surely. They've, they've had the summer. But their idea in Australia, those reprobate-minded Satanists that run their government, lock people in their homes, force them to have this vaccine. We have all these soccer players falling down on the ground. I saw a video the other day. It's beginning to look a lot like genocide everywhere you go. And, and <laughs> I mean, the news media doesn't want to cover it. But we've had a lot of healthy young athletes just fall down and die. We have unexplained deaths. We have double among the vaccinated, double the number of deaths from all causes. Not not because of COVID, but they're dying of heart attacks, cancer. See, when you suppress the immune system, I learned this years ago. Your body fights cancer every day of your life. A cell goes bad. The body responds and takes care of it. But the day comes when your immune system is not fully functioning. Guess what happens? Tumors and cancer. I believe you're going to see a rise in cancer, a rise in heart attacks, a rise in all kinds of health issues because of these vaccines. I believe these vaccines will do far more damage than good. And they're pushing them as rapidly as they can because they're afraid the world is going to find out the truth. If you don't think this is about wealth and control, during the pandemic, it was the big box stores that stayed open and every other store was forced to be closed. It was the chain restaurants with drive through windows that could serve you food. In other words, small businesses were decimated. Restaurants closed. People now used to keeping, you know, staying home and not working. We have crisis after crisis coming our way. We'll talk about it more this week. I didn't even get to half the stuff I have in front of me, but I think what I had to say is important. Church, it is time that we rise up as men of God, and I'm going to be getting into that also this week. If you believe in the work we're doing here at Truth to Ponder, would you consider helping us out for the January airtime bill? Our mailing address, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, Number 3248, that's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Now, 
Next couple of days, we're going to be sharing more about the things we can do and be ready for the time we're about to enter. Until tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.